Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. Continuing on in the life of the Apostle Paul, we have most recently seen him imprisoned by the Romans after uh, the scuffle that he got into while in the temple, where the Jews accused him of bringing Gentiles into the temple courts. Uh, Of course, this was a a fabricated uh, uh, lie, and so Paul now is in Roman custody, and he has most recently been moved to Uh, the city of Caesarea, where the Roman governor of Judea would have resided. We're picking up in Acts chapter 24, and I'm going to read the first uh, nine verses as we begin our uh, session today. Acts chapter 24 and verse 1, And after five days the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul. And when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation, in every way and everywhere we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly, for we have found this man a plague one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. We'll stop our reading for Uh, at here for the moment, and we'll read a little bit more uh, in a few moments. And trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to us today. Now, Paul had been taken to Caesarea, where the Roman governor resided, to await a trial when his Jewish accusers would come down. Now, at the beginning of chapter 24, the high priest Ananias comes, accompanied by some of the elders, likely from the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, and a spokesman, Tertullus. This group presented their case before the governor. And when he had been summoned before Felix, Tertullus, the spokesman of the Jews, starts to accuse Paul. But first, he begins by buttering up the governor. He says, since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation in every way and everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. Tertullus wants to flatter Felix a little bit so that he might obtain a favorable outcome for his party, wants to get Felix on his side. He goes on to ask the governor to hear their case, suggesting that he would detain him no further and begging him in his kindness to hear him. Then they bring the case before uh, Felix against Paul properly in verses 5 through 8. He says in verse 5, we have found this man a plague. 
Now, this word is also used by Jesus in Luke 21, 11 to uh, speak of future catastrophic events that would occur uh, after uh, the, the time that he would uh, die and rise again from the dead. Uh, the Jews view Paul and his ministry as something catastrophic, as a, a plague upon the world. Paul is one who, he says, uh, stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, in verse 5. They are charging Paul with being an insurrectionist, a revolutionary, one who causes commotions and threatens the Pax Romana, the, the peace of Rome, the idea that uh, Rome was all together and there was peace throughout the empire. Tertullus says that Paul even tried to profane the temple, but the Jews stopped it by seizing him in verse 6. Some manuscripts include the end of verse 6 and verse 7 here, which say, uh, We wanted to judge him according to our own law, but Lysias, the commander, came along and with much violence took him out of our hands. It seems that the best evidence is that these verses, the end of 6 and 7, were not in the original uh, manuscript of the book of Acts, as they're not well attested to early on. But they're not very significant verses theologically either way, uh, really just recounting what Luke has already recorded. So, um, uh, it, it, they're not, it's not like they're anti-historical here. They're just giving us a reiteration of what had already happened. Tertullus then says to Felix that by examining Paul, he would be able to find out from the man himself about everything of which they were accusing him. The Jews were confident that Paul would indict himself through his own message, as they say in verse 8. So the Jews with Tertullus joined in the charge, affirming that the spokesman's words were accurate. This brings us down to verse 10, and I'm going to read Paul's response uh, in verses 10 and following here. And when the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it was not more than 12 days since I went up to, to worship in Jerusalem, and they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers." believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. While I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you to make an accusation, should they have anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the council. Other than this one thing that I cried out while standing among them, 
it is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. So Paul ends his speaking in verse 21. What do we say about Paul's response here? Well, after Felix nods to Paul, giving him the opportunity to defend himself once again, uh, in these 11 verses, Paul also begins, like Tertullus did, by appealing to the governor's reputation. He says, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. Paul was confident that Felix would judge with fairness. But he also knew that Christ was calling him to stand before rulers in Rome, and so he probably realized the outcome of this trial was not going to be uh, positive in his favor necessarily. He first recounts the events as they had transpired. He says it was not more than 12 days since he went to worship in Jerusalem, in verse 11, and that the Jews did not find him disputing with anyone or stirring up any crowds in the temple or the synagogues or the city, in contrast to what Tertullus and the others have testified, in verse 12. Paul says the accusations of him being a revolutionary or a rioter were just wrong. He says in verse 13 that they can neither prove what they now bring up against him, uh, namely the rioting here. However, Paul does confess to their charge about his belonging to the group called the Nazarenes. He speaks of worshiping according to the way, which the Jews called a sect, and that Paul worships the, the God of the Jewish fathers, believing everything laid down in the law and written in the prophets, he says in verse 14. Paul wanted them to know he did not uh, deviate from the law. He wasn't just throwing the law completely out. This led to his hope, which was accepted by the Jewish Pharisees, that there would be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust, he says in verse 15. Now, Paul goes on to say he always takes pains to have a clear conscience both toward God and man. Now, Paul has returned to Jerusalem. Again, he's making his speech here. And he says he's returned to Jerusalem after several years to bring alms to his nation and to present offerings, verse 17. And while he was doing this, the Jews found Paul purified in the temple. He was acting according to the customs of the Jews. Without any crowd or tumult, he had done nothing wrong. But some Asian Jews, again, these are probably Jews from the city of Ephesus, who Paul says should be here before Felix to make an accusation if they have anything against him, uh, saw him in the temple, or else the Jews should present evidence against him from his former hearings in verse 20, other than the one thing that he cried out while he was in the council, it is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. Verse 21. Now let's read uh, verses 22 through the end of the chapter here and see how Felix responds to these accusations. Verse 22, but Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, when Lysias the tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but have some liberty. 
and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. And at the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. So Felix, who Luke says has a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put the case off until the future by saying that Lysias the Tribune must come down and speak before he would decide Paul's case. Then he gave orders to the centurion to keep Paul in custody, but he should have some liberty to see his friends and have them attend to his needs. This shows a, a very mild uh, form of imprisonment where Paul could entertain guests and have his physical needs for clothing and bedding and food provided for by other believers. Luke goes on to say that after some days, Felix and his Jewish wife, Drusilla, sent for Paul and listened to him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. Now, Drusilla is actually the sister of Herod Agrippa II. Uh, while Paul was reasoning or explaining about righteousness and self-control and judgment, Felix was alarmed. This probably shows the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in his life. So he sent Paul away for the present moment and said he would call to him again when he had an opportunity. Felix was hoping for a bribe, we read. He wanted Paul to give him money to be set free, so he often sent for Paul and conversed with him in verse 26. This shows really an amazing opportunity that Paul had to have the listening ear of the Roman governor and fill it up with the gospel of Jesus Christ. After two years of this relationship, Felix finishes his time as governor, and he's succeeded by Festus, the new Roman governor of Judea. Felix wanted to do the Jews a favor for his own political positioning, and so he left Paul imprisoned at Caesarea, and he would be the, the problem of Festus now. We will see next time how Paul uh, is able to speak to and interact with the second Roman governor as well. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu.